Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Awesome. Are we happy to be here this morning? The Lord is good. Yeah, and I can see a lot of people are happy now. Winter is finally coming to an end. Uh, spring is around the corner. Some of us, for some of us, it's a bittersweet moment. We're like, oh man, I really love winter. It's just so beautiful. Well, some of us like me, I love winter. Um, yeah, <laughs> and Julio. So last week, we, uh, a group of us from this church, some leaders, uh, people from the pastoral team, were in SA, and we attended, some attended inner healing, the healing of the, what was it called again? The healing of the human soul course, which was about three days, and then after that we had what we call apostolic passion, which is something we have every year for people in our movement. It's almost like a mini conference, but it's a time where we get together, speak about vision, purpose, why we exist, where we're going, celebrating the different churches in Southern Africa and what God is doing in Southern Africa. So we went to that, and it was really, really amazing, you know? It was so great. I heard some of the testimonies from the guys that were at the course for inner healing. They were really being trained up how to do deep inner healing and, and, and help set the captives free the way Jesus would want them to be. And then when we went to Apostolic Passion, for me, like I was really expecting um, that talk, you know, vision, purpose, direction talk. But to my surprise, I found that we were doing the School of Empowerment the whole week. And what it was actually about was being empowered as a Christian to live out the way Christ wants us to live out. And so it was all about the Holy Spirit, the history of revival, different uh, um, forms of revival or eras of revival. It was about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was about operating in the gifts, waiting on God. So I came from here after like a whole three weeks already of being teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how they operate, trusting God to move in that, going to the soaking camp with Stephen Haynes and him coming and doing, just taking us deeper into the Holy Spirit and making us more hungry. And then I ended up at Apostolic Passion and it's like the same flow of stuff, just almost like multiplied by 10 because the practicals were there, the impartation from our every nation uh, prophet himself, Prophet Jim Lafoon. He was doing most of the teachings uh, with Carol Gosman as well and, and some other leaders just teaching us um, on the basics of Christianity and the power that God has made available. And I really love that. You know, it's, it's one thing to study the Word to teach others, but it's something completely different when you go sit in and you get ministered to, you know. So it was about deliverance ministry, inner healing, you receiving your inner healing. It was just so, so, so rich, really great. And um, they've committed to do this kind of thing f for the next three years. So they started this year. Next year there will be another one, and the year thereafter there will be another one. So I really want to encourage us um, for next year to take the opportunity to really go because it just, it just allows you to go levels further. I remember actually sitting there feeling like, oh my goodness, this reminds me so much about uh, me sitting in first year Bible school, <laughs> His People Bible School, some years back when I was still a student and being taught about this stuff. So it was so awesome. It was just so rich. As, as um, I said earlier in the first service, I could speak about this for hours. But that's not what the message is about for today. This morning, we are going to continue with our Holy Spirit series. But what we're actually doing is, is landing the series. And we're going to do our last installment, which is Love is the Greatest. Okay. Some of you are sitting and thinking, what does love have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, we'll find out. Let's pray. Yeah, Father God, we just want to thank you so much for your presence in this place. We want to thank you for bringing us together this morning. We want to thank you for all that you want to do in our midst, Lord. We just, um, just ask that you will just come 
and take your rightful place in our thoughts and in our hearts that you will fill us with your love to overflow with love. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's living and active, that as it goes out, it really just accomplishes what you sent it out to accomplish this morning. Amen. 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 So love is the greatest. Remember last week, um, or the past few weeks, we've been speaking about the Holy Spirit and who he is, the person of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we've mainly been focusing on Corinthians. We looked mainly at Corinthians 12 and Corinthians 14. And then Rita was preaching last week on the fruit of the Holy Spirit that when, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, um, there's a fruit that comes from your life that actually shows that this is the Holy Spirit that's inside of me, it's living inside of me, they, they, it produces something. And I just want to emphasize the fact that the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are just as important as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you know? Because there, there's some Christians, they're like, ah, no, I don't, you know, the gifts, people get confused and all sorts of weird things happen. So for me, the important thing is just the fruit. As long as I've got character, that's, that's, that's what God cares the most about. But if you, if you have that kind of mindset, you're missing out, you know. We know there are also people who are like, no, the fruit is great, but, you know, the gifts, the gifts are the ones that move and they shake and they make things happen. But God wants us to have both, yeah. Because when we have the Holy Spirit, we have both. God moves in us. His power moves in us. Supernatural power that he has given us as tools, as Christians, to be able to use. Yeah? He has given this to us. He wants us to have it. And at the same time, he wants the fruit of his Holy Spirit to, to emanate through our lives. It must come forth. People must see the love. They must see the gentleness. They must see that because it shows that Christ inside of, is living inside of us. So today... I want to look at love specifically, simply because Paul spent quite an amount of time speaking about this while he was teaching about the gifts. So he starts in chapter 12 and he's speaking about spiritual gifts and then he interjects with love before he continues in chapter 14 again and speaks and continues speaking about the, the gifts of tongues, the gifts of prophecy, what they are, what they do and all that. So this is really, really important because Outside of love, the gifts really uh, mean very little. And we'll find out now more because the gifts of God are given to us to release the love of God. It gets so personal when you look at a person and you stand in front of them, when you get a word of knowledge for them and you say, I really sense the Lord saying A, B, C, D, and I see Brenda is looking. She's like, oh, is the Lord going to say something? <laughs> yeah. Brenda, the Lord is always speaking. Yeah. But if I can stand and just look. Oh, actually, Brenda, I do have a word for you. So <laughs> I really just sense the Lord um, is dancing over you, full of joy because of just your heart towards him. You've been a woman that has always expressed yourself um, before him with so much joy. You're, through everything that you've gone through, you've always stood on the steadfast love of God. You've always said, like I hear the word saying, like, where else can I go, Lord, but to stay in your, in your presence. You've come to know God as your rock and as your anchor, and nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I really believe that God is taking you deeper in himself, but he also wants to use you more. That you've, got personal, you've got a personal testimony that can really touch a lot of people. But often you've always wondered, when is it the right time? And the Lord is saying, stop trying to find the right time and just step out in faith and allow him to use you for, for, with what he has given you. I see women sitting around you and just receiving from you. you. You impart strength. You impart faith. I see so much faith in you. You're a woman of faith. Yeah? You impart faith. When people come around you, they're just like, oh my goodness, I need to, to suck you know, I need to drink from this well because it's a well full of faith. And I also sense that they, they, um, there's almost something that I, I don't know if you're trusting God for or you, you, you kind of given up hope on, but you're still, it's like you're discouraged in something that you've been trusting God for. But God is saying, do not be discouraged. I will come through for you. He will come through for you in that. Amen. Awesome. So if, if you share a word like that, when she receives that word, 
It should bring her closer to God. It should make her feel the love of God. Huh? Do you feel the love of God? Do you feel closer to God? You know? So when it gets personal like that, it makes you feel like, oh my goodness, God has not forgotten me. He, he hasn't forgotten. He still loves me and he still wants to move in my life. And that is what these gifts are really for. It's pointing people back to the love of the Father. Amen. So I want us to start off by reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I will read from 13 until 11. And it reads as follows. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Okay? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Amen. Okay, so here, there's a very strong passage there that's speaking about love. And Paul starts off by saying, I will show you the most excellent way. Okay, I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So he's saying this. He's saying that all the powerful things that we can do, all the prophecies that we can share, all the spiritual gifts that we can move in and release, if we're not doing it out of a place of love for the person that we're doing it to or sharing it with, if we are not full of love, then it is nothing. Yeah? If I am ministering, but I'm not doing it out of love, then it is nothing. Because everything that God does is out of his love for us. It was love that nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was love that gave the great commission. When Jesus called out those 12 disciples and he, and he commissioned them to go out into the world and preach the gospel, it was because of love. Yeah? So that every single person on the earth, will hear and know God. They will hear this gospel. Every tongue, tribe, and nation will hear. It was love that poured out the Holy Spirit so that every single person could have access to the Father. So that the Holy Spirit is not contained in one person or one minister that can hear on behalf of the people, but that the people will be able to have direct access to God on their own. It is love that did that. When God created us, he created us to be in a loving relationship with him. He really did. But because of sin, we were separated. We were separated from his love. But that pained him so much that he was like, I need to make a way. I need to make a way to get my children back to myself. To be in that, that place where we can commune with one another again. And the only way was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It was him dying on that cross. And it wasn't just enough for a few people to know and experience him, to know about the cross, to know what he did, but he wanted the whole world to know 
that God's wrath has been satisfied through this cross. That now God is calling all his sons and daughters back home to himself. And that's why he's given us these tools of the Holy Spirit to show God to the world. To show the love of God to the world. So if we do it without love, then it's, it's defeating the whole purpose. Yeah? It really defeats the, the purpose of why we're doing it. You know, he say, I mean, it's so, it, he says, even if I give myself to be burned to the stake, to be a sacrifice, but I don't have love, I'm not doing it out of love, it is useless. It is useless. Okay? Love is the greatest. It is so important that we understand this. And it is the greatest because God is love. God is love. Yeah? In 1 John 4 verse 8, it says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. If I profess to have a relationship with God, if I profess to say I'm a child of God, I see God, I worship Him, I, I, I love God, there's no way that I will not myself have love. You know, someone explained it to me like this. That the, um, they said, you become what you worship. You become what you worship because you're spending time, you're meditating on that which you worship. So if I am worshiping love, I'm spending time with love, I will not be able to help it but love. Love will need to flow out of me. So if somebody says they've got a relationship with God, they walk with God, they love God, and they don't know how to love others, they don't know how to love, then they haven't fully understood God. Maybe it's a different God that they're speaking about, but this God, once we know him, we will know what it is to love. Because it, 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 is, it just becomes a part of who we are. It, it just... Ah, he just infuses that in us. And, 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 and he wants us to, to, to know that. He wants us to, to know what it is to love. Because he himself is love. Amen. In fact, love is the greatest commandment. In Matthew 22, verse 37 and 39, Jesus declared, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? It is the greatest commandment. A group of Pharisees came to Jesus. And they were testing him because he had silenced the Sadducees. They had no more questions. They didn't know what else to ask. And these guys decided, let's go test him and find out how well he knows the law. So they asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, the first commandment is this, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And then the interesting thing, he says, and the second is just like it. Huh? It's just like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do you love yourself this morning? Do you? Now imagine loving your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the commandment. So the greatest commandment is for us to love God and to love people. The minute we love God, when you come to Jesus, you follow him, you say, God, I love you. You have no choice but to love people. There's no choice. You hear people saying, no, no, God and I are tight. God and I are tight. We've got a great relationship, man. I enjoy being in the presence of the Lord, and I just enjoy God so much. But those people, those Christians can be such hypocrites. They can be so mean. They can, and, and all sorts of words. I go to church for God, I worship God, I enjoy him, and as soon as the service is done, I'm out. Because it's about God and myself. 
But God is saying, no, that's not how it works. It doesn't work like that. If you love me, you love what, what I love. And you know, God loves people, hey? He really, really, really loves people. So if you love God, you will love what he loves, and that is loving people. Amen. Let's read in 1 John 4, verse 19 to 21. This is so interesting. It says this. It says, we love because he first loved us. Okay? We cannot love without God because love is from God. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Can I read that again? Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they can see, yeah, or whom they've seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Isn't that powerful? Hmm? If it's difficult for us to love somebody here that we can see with our own eyes. And we say we love somebody whom we can't really see God in heaven. Hmm? It's kind, of a, it's kind of dreaming, eh? Yeah? Because that love is made manifest here on earth. It needs to be tangible. So he's saying, if I'm claiming to love him, but I've got issues with my brothers and sisters here in the church, at home even, my natural brothers and sisters <laughs> also, yeah? then I, I cannot say I love God. Because when we love God, he gives us a part of who he is, and he is love. So, (laughs) we really need to to look at ourselves and just say, God, how am I loving my brothers and sisters? How am I loving people? Because they're really, really so close to your heart. They're so dear. Um, As I was reading, the scripture that I read, Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39, where um, people are asking him what the greatest commandment is. It's actually also the same in Luke 10 verse 29, very similar. But here people were asking him, but what, what, who is my neighbor? When he said you must love yourself as you love, uh, uh, you, you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. And they asked him, but who is my neighbor? And this is where he was actually telling the story of the Good Samaritan that we all know from Sunday school, right? The story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah, the guy that was robbed by thieves and left out to die. And then first a priest came by, or is it a Levite? But I know it's one of those, a priest or a Levite came by, looked at the body to wonder what's going on there. Oh, okay, they look like they're not breathing. All right, and then they moved on. And then the next person came, uh, a, a priest after the Levite looking and saying, oh, okay, it doesn't seem like there's life here. <laughs> Maybe even just moved, walked around the other side, right? Didn't do anything. And then a good Samaritan came. A Samaritan, they emphasize the fact that it's a Samaritan because this guy that was left to, uh, out there was a Jew. Uh, and Samaritans and Jews were not even, they didn't even like each other, okay? There were some race issues going there, tribal issues, <laughs> yeah? So he came by, looked at the body, went as close as possible to see, is this person breathing? What's going on here? Took that person to someone who could help them, paid for that person's lodging, said, keep them for as long as they need to be here, and I'll come back on my way, see how they're doing, and pay for whatever extra you have used on him. Yeah? And then Jesus asked, so who was being a neighbor to this man? And obviously, it's a good Samaritan. Being a good neighbor or being a neighbor to somebody who's not even his race, he's not his color, 
they would never associate themselves with that person. But here is this person in the greatest hour of need. And he steps out and does something about it. So God is, is commanding us to love our neighbors. And we know that, number one, we start with our fellow brothers and sisters. Yeah? In the church of Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean there might not be beef. <laughs> because where there are people, there is beef. Isn't it? But how we handle the beef is very different. It's very different. We are called to love each other. You know, there's nothing crazier to the world than when they see Christians fighting against each other, gossiping each other, saying bad things about each other. It's like, uh, do you guys serve the same God? Are you guys not from the same church? Yeah, we are from the same church, but I just don't gel with that person. <laughs> ah. <laughs> It doesn't work like that. <laughs> God has called us to bear with one another, to love each other, look past each other's mistakes, work out our differences, and as far as possible, preserve that bond of unity, that peace, that love that he's given us. That is how people will know that these people really belong to God, the way they love each other. Shows. You know, even Muslims can tell when there's a Christian by the way that person loves. You know that that's what they are taught? That Christians, the special things, thing about Christians is that to them, love is given. They know how to love. Huh? So, brothers and sisters, here in this room, out there, because this is not the only church in the world, yeah? as far as I've received Jesus Christ, should be able to, to live in harmony and love one another. That's what God requires of us. That's what he's commanded us to. And then the lost. We should be loving the lost. The reason why these guys were here this morning and we prayed them out to send them to Pretoria was because of the love that they have for lost people. We know Paul was saying the love of God compels him to do this work of ministry. He was willing to give away everything that he had. Sacrifice his comfort so that others may know the love of God. Are we compelled to love those who do not know God? Or are we standing at them, looking at them, and already have concluded that they're not good enough? Or that I'm not going to go close because I don't want to stain myself. That they're not worth the risk because they're not a fellow brother and sister. Yeah. Or are we saying, God, I want to spend time. I want to spend what you've given me on someone to know you. To get to know your love. I want to I wanna, I wanna, I wanna love the lost. Because the, the word of God doesn't say, for God so loved the Christians. That he gave his only begotten son. It's for God so loved the world. And us that have tasted of this love, it's our responsibility to take it further. And not just keep it to ourselves. But introduce others to this. And then we're also called to love our enemies. That is a command. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. My goodness, this is so different, yeah? Because we live in a world and a society which teaches us to hate our enemies, yeah? And fight those who dare try to persecute us. Whoever has anything against you, you are just thinking, man, you will see. I will show you, wishing bad upon them. And if you can make bad happen to them, go out of your way to do it. We watch too many of those Chinese movies that say, you kill my master, now I kill you. I will have my revenge. Huh? 
We hear words like revenge is so sweet. Mm -hmm. And it's even gone as far as getting into the church where there are some people that are praying prayers that command their enemies to die. Yes. Every person that has something against me, I command them to die in Jesus' name. I've heard prayers like that before. It scared me. Because that's witchcraft. It's, it, it doesn't show God's heart. It's not biblical. The word of God says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Huh? There's nothing deeper than having someone that really hates you. Huh? That can't stand you. But you're always doing good to them. Oh! You know how that person must be feeling? It's like, I know, doesn't this person get it? I can't stand them. But they buy me donuts, they greet me, they what, what, I. Yeah? <laughs> it works on them. But we need to understand that as children of God, if anyone comes against us, they're already cursed. Yeah? Because the Lord says that I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Yeah? So it's not our job to try and get our revenge. It's not. Because vengeance is the Lord's. He will repay. So a lot of the times we sit and we have comfort. We're saying, okay, at least I know the Lord will avenge me. Hmm? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Lord! You see those people who don't like me. You see what they said to me. You see my enemy. Mm. You see what they're doing. I pray, Lord, according to your word. <laughs> according to your promise. <laughs> huh? That you will avenge me. Mm? <laughs> but how about changing that attitude? And blessing your enemies. That, that's even much deeper. It's so much deeper. Imagine, somebody hates you. You can't stand them. They've done you so much wrong. It's so heavy in your heart. But you bless them and you say, Lord, you see what this person is doing to me. But I bless them and I release them, Lord. I pray your favor and your grace upon them. I pray that you open their eyes to see you and to know you, to, to understand the love that you have for them. I pray, Lord, that they will come into your kingdom. My goodness, that is a different kind of prayer. What if that prayer you pray is the only prayer they ever receive in their life that is drawing them closer into the kingdom of God? What if that prayer that you're praying before the Lord is changing them inside? Instead of just secretly hoping that you will get your revenge. This is Christianity 101. Where we're called to bless our enemies. Blessing actually means really blessing. Because sometimes we say, I release that person to you. Like saying, God, <laughs> deal with that person <laughs> deal with them <laughs> huh? but this this is a, a different kind of release a different kind of place a, a release it's saying god i don't hold anything against them you know jesus modeled this when people were taking him to the cross beating him making jokes out of him stripping his clothes off him he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. One of the disciples, Stephen, when he was being stoned, persecuted, out in the city gates, being thrown with stones, he was just there praying for all these guys that were shouting hate speech at him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Can we be those people that can pray that over our enemies? That can pray freedom over our enemies? That can pray that they'll come out of that bondage? That they will be released into their, their God?
God-given destiny. That the enemy will not use them to, to bring bondage to other people's lives. It's a tough one. But it's so possible. You know why? Because God lives inside of us. And God is love. And if we see the worst of sinners being transformed, coming into the kingdom of God all the time, testimonies of murderers and prostitutes and thieves and all sorts of things, or rather all sorts of people, sorry, coming into the kingdom, delivered from all sorts of things, if we can see that, that is what God is doing every single day. And he's calling us to partner with him in that. Isn't that powerful? We need to love our enemies. Hmm? So let, let, let's not pray those other prayers. Let's bless them. Okay? And then he, he went on to describe what this love is. Because a lot of the times when we hear the word love, what happens to you when you hear love? Huh? Already you're feeling like, hmm... You're, you, you're, you're imagining red hearts, chocolate hearts, butterflies, teddy bears with hearts, everything that gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Huh? But it's more than that. It's so much more than that emotion and that feeling. It's action. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. We hear this so many times at weddings. Eh? A lot of the time, this is like the wedding favorite verse. <laughs> Even though it was used in the context of the church and spiritual gifts. Yeah? And when you hear the pastor reading it, if it's Pastor Chris doing a wedding and you hear him read it, it sounds so poetic. It sounds so wonderful. You're like, oh, wow, that's so true. Until the wedding day is over. The deal has been done. And now the testing is here. Isn't it? For those who are married, they know what I'm speaking about, right? Testing, when your spouse tests your patience. When they say something and you're like, I, that was rather rude. No. When, when it, it's just, I love the fact that it says here that it's not self-seeking. No? And it always perseveres. No? Because there are people that, that go in, in marriages, especially with this thought of, it's just going to be warm and all nice all the time. And then you're really hit with real challenges. And then it says love perseveres. Now we're called to persevere and to really stand the test of time. And to say, I mean what I said on that day. My vows that I spoke, I still mean them. Yeah? Because there are things that people will do that will test our love for them. Love will be tested. And if you're tested and all you do is like, oh, okay, no, I don't like that. This is getting too much for me. That's it. I'm out, buddy. <laughs> I'm not speaking to you anymore. We are not friends anymore. No? I'm not sitting next to you at church anymore. You sit there, I sit there. No? Because, yes, we love each other with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. There are people who say that. No, I, I love you with the love of the Lord. Like, I love you, but not really. Not, not really, you know, too close. Not my love. But guys, the love of the Lord is the most powerful love 
there ever is. But people use it to kind of downplay love. No? Christians. But when you say, I love you with the love of the Lord, you mean I love you like really, 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 really love you deeply. So next time you say to someone, I love you with the love of the Lord, that is what you're saying. I really, 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 really love you. Love you so much. Okay? So if you don't mean it, <laughs> don't say, I love you with the love of the Lord. <laughs> Amen? Okay? So love will be tested. I remember the same story I told early this morning where I went with a friend to visit one of her cousins that was in a car accident. And it was such a, a horrible car accident because it took off the guy's whole leg. Yeah? So that was the first time I actually was in the hospital where somebody had like a whole leg. And, and it wasn't because it was amputated in the hospital. It just, like he lost it in the accident. And I remember saying, yeah, no, it, it's so shocking. It shocked everyone. The girlfriend came in and she got the shock of her life and she just made it out the door and they haven't seen her since. Yeah. So now, I, I really don't know if she came back or not, but that was the story at the time. And I was just thinking in my head, I was just thinking, whoa, this is hectic, you know? Because I'm sure prior to that, the words were always like, man, I can't breathe without you. I love you so much. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. You mean so much to me. I can't sleep without you. Hmm? And then after this, and then after this, it's like, whoo! I did not sign up for this. Huh? How many of us sometimes, you know, God brought someone your way and you're excited about it. It's going to be a journey of discipleship. You're going to teach them the word. And then all these things start coming out and you're like, hey. I did not sign up for this. I, 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 I didn't. In fact, I don't even know if I have the time to deal with all of this stuff. Isn't it? Yeah? <laughs> like stuff apparently it happens when you employ somebody. And you're like, ooh, this is not what I signed up for. I need somebody new to fill this position. Yeah? But God wants us to work through these things. And let me tell you, there are people that we may not be able to stand, but God loves. He is so crazy about them. And we may not understand. But that's just who God is. He's full of love. And he's urging us to go beyond the surface thing of just touching the water to see if it's hot or cold. And yes. And really jumping in. Swimming in that river of love. And being a river that brings love wherever it goes. You know, some people, you are the only person that they would ever see as an example of love. Christ's love in you. So we shouldn't be afraid and we shouldn't hold back. We should allow God to use us. I know a lot of us, we're passionate about goals, purpose, destiny, moving forward, moving forward. Move. Let's make things happen. But if it's not with love, if it's not out of love, if it's not out of compassion, it's useless. It really is useless. And I want to end with this. At the end, chapter 13, he says, And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. No? The Word of God tells us to have faith in God. Have faith in God. Hope in the promises of God. That they will come true. But it doesn't say God is faith. It doesn't say God is hope. We hope in God. We have faith in God. But it says God is love. So love is eternal. 
Because when perfection comes, we will no longer need faith. We will no longer need hope because Jesus is here. But love will always be there. It will always be with us. That's why love is the greatest. It is the greatest. So I want to pray for us. Can we all please just stand to our feet? Let's pray. Oh, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, let's just open our hands just before him right now. Let's say, Lord, we are so grateful for you this morning that you have lavished your love on us to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. As we're standing here this morning, completely surrendered to you, Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you that yet again you're reminding us that without love, we are nothing. Without you, we are nothing. And therefore, I pray this morning that you will teach us how to love the way you've created us, created us to be able to love. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I really just pray that you will just come and just break off any misconceptions about love. Any contradictions where love is concerned. For those who, who, who had just such a skewed idea of what love is because of what they saw at home. Whether it was the way they were raised the way they saw their parents relating to each other. Lord, I really just pray that you will just come into that picture and show what your love is. True love. I really just sense the Lord wants us to have an encounter with his love this morning. love that has been poured out for every single person here and there have just been some people that have just been battling to understand the love of God doing to be loved looking for approval thinking the more you do the more you're loved but God is saying that is not it I've loved you even before you could ever do anything for my love for you is not dependent on how much work you do for me, how much ministry you do for me, how well you perform for me. If that's you this morning, I really just sense God really wants to break off performance. He wants to break off that lie of the enemy that keeps telling you, you're not doing good enough. You're not doing good enough. You're not, God does not approve of you because you're not doing this well. It's not a love as long as you do this. If that's you, I really just want you to, to just focus on God right now and just allow Him to break that thing off you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I break off that performance. I break off that lie of the enemy. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for release of your true love to be revealed right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I really just pray for where, where there's just been hurt that caused so much distrust, so much pain and disappointment that led to isolation and fear of people. Pray that you break that off as well. I thank you that there will be no fear in love. In Jesus' name, we just, we just thank you for that. And our Lord, I pray that you will come and fill us with your love. Let your river of love overflow right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that we carry the love of God wherever we go. May your love be so evident in our lives. May we not reduce it to some, something here by the side that's not as important as all the other things, but may it be 
the, the core thing in our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Father, you don't have a relationship with God, God wants to be in relationship with you. And He's calling you back to Himself. So if you're here, you haven't given your life to the Lord, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are, please just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone who would like to give their life to the Lord? Now is the time to be reconciled back to the Father's love. Just put your hand up high so that I can see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord is not done yet. The Lord just wants to, to just restore right now. I really feel like there are people that have been really battling emotionally just like a deep emotional pain. It could be because of something that you've lost. Um, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a child, a loss of just something, a loss of something, but you're in loss right now and you're grieving. If that's you, I really just want you to come to the front at the end so that we can pray for you. I also sense the Lord saying that there's somebody who's got pain in their right knee and God wants to heal that pain. So if that's you, I also just want you to come to the front at the end. And I feel like there's also someone with a sharp pain in the, in the, in the neck. Almost like you, you have like a stiff neck. So God wants to heal that as well. If that's you, also just come to the front at the end. And if you have any other ministry needs <laughs> that, pray, that need prayer, I also want to invite you at the end just to come. We'll pray for you. But Father... I just want to bless everyone here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your hand upon every, every single person here. Thank you for such a productive week in you, in your presence, surrounded by your love, full of your love, Lord. Thank you, Father, for breakthrough and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.